0: We worship you, Father, and we praise you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your power. Your power that is manifest through your people, through your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for your desire. Your desire to be with us. Your desire to have relationship with us. We thank you, Father, for loving us so much that you sent your only Son. That in Him, not only do we have life, but you said we have it more abundantly. See, Father, we don't have to wait for that. Because you desire that in us right now. You desire the preparation of your kingdom in your bride. And that's a high calling. That's a glorious place to be. Father, this morning I submit our hearts. See as they're entwined together wrapped around you and around your Son and strengthened by your Holy Spirit. Have your way this morning, Father. I stand and in this realm give you permission over my life and over ignition to do your will because we desire your will we want nothing else fill my mouth with your words this morning Lord none of my own but only yours father bring encouragement bring joy bring peace bring love we love you Lord in Jesus' precious name, amen. How many in here shake when the Holy Spirit just permeates this place? Not me. Man, I, I, at the end, I, I really need to work on a different sound guy because at the end there, I'm literally trying to press the mute button. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I'm hitting every other button. Just uh, I should have listened to you. I could have hit that one button, but then it would have muted me too. So, oh well. It was interesting because during worship, Lord kept laying on my heart that he has a word through Shannon. And I kept thinking, okay, Lord, you keep telling me that. I understand. When I get up there, I'll have her stand up and speak. (laughs) <laughs> what I didn't realize is he was just letting me know. <laughs> he, he, I, I really wasn't in the loop of that one. He just was letting me know I supposed to make me feel good, like I was. Right, but that was an important word. I, I want to share that he gave me a confirmation of that before she said it, because that word was truth. That word was not just Shannon's prayer that was not just her heart in fact I bet if you ask her right now she probably doesn't even remember everything she said because that was the Lord the Lord loves his people the Lord loves us and the thing that he laid on my heart it's interesting I want to go somewhere first because last night I, I felt him give me Something that I actually did the slide for. Let's see if I can do this with my shaking. But this morning, as he was speaking through Shannon, he told me to go to Psalm 73. Now, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know if this was for my sake or for the church's sake, but we're just gonna begin reading in Psalm 73 and see what the Lord has. Let's just start at verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. How does that work? How can you be fat and sleek at the same time? Verse 5. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice loftily they threaten oppression they set their mouths against the heavens and their tongues strut through the earth therefore his people turn back to them and find no fault in them and they say how can God know is there knowledge in the most high behold these are the wicked always at ease They increase in riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. Father, I come before you out of obedience. I request, Father, first that you cleanse me of all unrighteousness, that you allow me clean robes as I ask to step in your court. For you have asked me, Father, to come into your chamber, this special court, where I have only been A handful of times. But you want this declared there this morning. So I ask that you allow my entrance. Thank you, Father. Jesus' name. Verse 16. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. You know, oftentimes, we look at our own situation. We look at the situation with Ignition Church. We look at the physicality of everything around us and we compare it to others. We compare it to the world. But you know what? We don't slip that far, do we? We just compare ourselves to other Christians. That's okay because they're going to the same place we are. But do you know it's that very thought process that has damaged the bride to begin with. It's that very thought process of we will do it like they do it, or we need to be like they are in order to have what God has for us that we have truly taken our eyes off of Him. See, that should hurt your heart. It destroys my heart. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I mean, the, we're halfway through this fast, and, and the last couple of weeks have literally been a blur in my mind, so you have to remind me. When did we shout? Was that last week or the week before? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that was the court. I shared with you what the Holy Spirit had told me that court was the following week. But He has given even more clarification on what that was. Because it's significant. I knew it was a chamber. I knew it was a place where I was not standing against opposition. But I was simply declaring to the Father what I was asked to declare. Two weeks ago when the Lord was prompting us and showing us how to shout in this breaking of atmospheres. And, and I'll remind you what happened two weeks ago. As we shouted like they did around Jericho, there wasn't just this atmosphere broken. What was broken was a corridor that reaches to the entire bride. I didn't understand that. I think I explained it two weeks ago that the vision he gave me didn't make sense. I couldn't quite understand it because it just, it just looked like it was interdimensional, if that can make sense to you. I mean, I know we see in three dimensions plus time, and, and I was struggling with the Lord. How in the world am I expo- supposed to explain this? How do I explain what you're showing me right now? So he gave me a three-dimensional picture of it. Thank you, Lord. Actually, it was a two-dimensional picture. I guess he figured I needed even more help. <laughs> and what that was, was literally breaking through every. Barrier that got finally to a corridor that encompassed the earth. Didn't mean it did encompass the earth. It opened the doors for it to be encompassed. Then he tried to explain to me in his dimensions, that's right here in the picture I'm seeing, I'm seeing it way up into the atmosphere. But he said, He's not bound by three dimensions, right? We know that. He's not bound by time. So literally what was being opened up was corridors right here and throughout this globe that have not been opened before to reach His bride in ways to break this religious system first and foremost. But wow, so much more than that. See, we figure if we're on track with what we believe and we, we kind of pull in those others who believe like us, then, then we're good. We're good in the bride. And I challenge you to explain to me in the Word where it says that. Because it doesn't. It says they're your brothers and sisters. Now, I don't know, maybe some of you don't like your brothers and sisters. But we're supposed to. We're supposed to love them. We're supposed to unite and be united with them and in them. The problem is, when you don't reach out, or they don't reciprocate, then Satan has his way, doesn't he? So we're looking at this, again, this picture and what was opened up. And then the vision that was given... Cause again, the Lord told me that He had showed Shannon a picture and I had her come up and explain what happened. And, and it was this, this huge 300 foot doors, huge, I keep saying hallway cause it's long and, and thin, but it, but it's not a hallway. It's, it's a room. Black floors, black glistening shiny floors. And the Lord did allow me to see pictures of it. I didn't see video movement of it, but I saw pictures of it, which was confirmation when she said that. But in that shout, we shouted three times, remember? By the third shout, the entire ceiling had come in, had come out, caved in, broken down. And it let light in. And see, I was saying, Lord... If, if this is one of your courts, what does that mean? I thought, I thought you're the one that we let in, but yet you're here. So what is this? And last Sunday night, the Lord explained more of what this was. See, Jesus said this is the Father's chambers, not where he wants to be. But it's where the church has placed him. See, the church has placed him in these high walls. Behind these large doors. Covered in a darkness that they walk on. Do you understand what that means? That is, we, we hear it all the time. Don't put God in a box. Right? But yet we know God isn't in a box, it's really us who's in the box. And that's the reality of this vision of this place that I am even speaking in right now and declaring in right now. See, His chamber is a place where the bride has built their willingness To interact with the Father. How sad is that? But yet, when we look at the reality of it on the earth, it's so true. See, the bride is more interested in making sure they have the money to do the Father's work when they don't even understand the Father's work. And by the way, I'm not saying all churches That way, please. But that is how the human mind thinks. If we want to draw people, let's put together a better program. Let's make sure that that we get seasoned singers and, and seasoned musicians on our praise team. Let's build a new building because people don't want to come to a living room. Surprise. Maybe that's how we got past Satan's initial going after us. I don't know. Right, But their thought process is, let's get this word out so we can do and we can do and we can do. And by the way, I don't say this just because God told me to. I say it because I was it. That is exactly what I did. Being in ministry for 30 years. Being in leadership for 25. That's exactly what I did. We were consumed with wanting to forward God's plan. And we see his God, we see his plan in his word, right? So, so we're doing what he wants. But see the failure in there is when we don't let him do it. Because then the perspective is he has given me talents. He's given me gifts. So then my, my job is to take those talents and gifts and go do it. Now I'm not saying he doesn't give talents, doesn't give gifts. He does. Amen. Praise God he does. But you know what? It's going to surprise you who he gives gifts to. It's going to surprise you the talents that he gives certain people. Those who will speak in front of other people are those who are going to be the ones who just thought, No! I will never do that. Never say never. (laughs) Never say never. Why? Because it's not our power. It's the Holy Spirit's power working in us. So what we do, we look at this and we see the bride is just held back so much. You know, understand where David was at in this. The world is prospering around him, and they don't love the Lord like he does. Everything's going right for them. Everything's going; uh, their, their money bags are being filled, and, and they're doing the work that they're doing, and everything is just great. He said, it was when I got before the Lord, and the Lord reminded me of their plight. See, how many of us in this fast have thought, why don't we have the building yet? Why don't we have the outreach yet? Father, from the very first day that he spoke to me, he told me of all the places we'll be in the world. See, it's easy to think, are those just words? Are those just words? Or is that truth? Because when you compare to somebody else, you're never gonna see truth. Do you understand that? You're never gonna see truth. Because see, God didn't make you like anybody else. He didn't make ignition to be like anybody else. Thank God. Because he has a plan, and he has a desire, and he has this molded puzzle piece that if we try to shape it, it's not going to fit. But if we let him mold it and shape it, it's going to fit. And it's going to fit that beautiful mosaic that he's working on called his bride. That one that once the pieces are all in, Is beautiful and ready for him to come take her home. Oh man, I can't wait. I know you can't wait, but there's so much to be done before. So don't think, okay, God, here's what you've given me in talent. What do I need to do? And, and just, just walk and think of it in terms of what you think he's given you. Man, I want to encourage you this morning. Step outside of whatever you think you have in talent. And just say, whatever, Lord. Whatever. I don't have a talent to speak in front of people, but whatever, Lord. Or maybe I have a talent to speak in front of people, and I love to speak in front of people. And But you know what? Whatever, Lord. Whatever you want. Because when we're all willing to do that, then he can use us according to his will. And he does give us desires. He does give us talents. I'm not saying if, you, if you're if you comfortable in speaking in front of people, that means you're not going to. That's not what I'm saying. Because that's actually the one part of my job that I am comfortable with. Is being in front of people and looking stupid in front of people. Because <laughs> it... it, it I guess I've been doing it for so long, it just doesn't matter. (laughs) So so it's not that God won't use your talents, because he will. It's just he has so much more for you than what you realize. So what he has done in this church is nothing short of extraordinary. What he has given us, and, and by the way, the world doesn't see that. Clearly, the world doesn't even know we exist. Except for the people that think we're a cult. (laughs) Right? And that's okay. Because what He has done in us, He has done in our hearts. But I believe, with everything in me, that we are upon the season of suddenlies, even right now. I believe that. We've been talking about a building for a long time. And I, I love how how it, it, Lord was showing me this last night. Because we've gone through a series of where he's shown us. And I, I'm talking about going all the way back to College Square. The very first vision he gave me of the ignition buildings was in College Square. and And it was like, this is not a small place. This is some, I think, 50, 60, 70 acres, whatever it is, right in the heart of Newark. It's like, okay. But it was a vision. It wasn't something I was thinking of or dreaming of. It just, this video popped into my mind and started playing out. And I saw on College Square, I saw this wrecking ball knocking down the buildings that are there right now, right? And I saw that from a certain perspective. I got excited. And by the way, then boom, 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 boom. There were confirmations after confirmations all over the place. And, and I won't go into that now, but there were so many confirmations. So then in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, we got to get in there. Let's see if we could rent some space in there. And that didn't work out. God wouldn't allow it. They didn't want the church. So then the Lord leads us to this other building. And when we get there, and Alexis' tears coming down her face, and I said, what's the matter? And she looks back at me, and she says, this is it. This is the building. And so I walk over to her standing in front of the building. I turn around, and I look, because it's right across the street from College Square. And College Square is right there, and I immediately recognized that the vision he had given me of College Square was from the perspective of that building. So in my mind, I knew one day we would be at College Square, but now I know we're going to be here. By the way, just like everything else, boom, 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 confirmation after confirmation. Outside of us looking for it, Holy Spirit just speaking through different people specifically about that. Now this building he sent us to as a group. And we engaged in warfare there. Not with the people. It was actually empty. But it wasn't empty in the spirit realm. It was full in the spirit realm. So then we were convinced. And I still am. That that's our building. It was for sale. We offered them $10 million for it. They laughed. Makes sense to me. I'd laugh too. But we were confident that if the Lord wanted us to have it, that $10 million will show up in the account. How crazy would that be, by the way? Do you believe that? I do. Never say never. Never never. That's right. And then we began this pro-, by the way, all of this has been over the last few years. Then we begin this process. Cause the Lord confirmed that was the building. Why aren't we getting in there? Lord, all these churches around here are growing and all these churches that, that are doing these things and just doing them internally. Why aren't you giving us a voice? You promised to. In a- couple years go by, and he said to just a few of us, he said, I want you to go to this building, okay, takes us to this one building, we thought, okay, we'll pray, I think it was a few weeks later, maybe a few months later, can't remember, time doesn't do so well with me. But then the Lord said, I want you to go as a church down to Carson Drive. So we went as a church to Carson Drive on a Tuesday night. After Right after he said that, we just all got in our cars and went. And remember, yeah, it was pouring rain. And we all prayed there together. Expecting this is going to come about immediately. This is going to happen right away. And yet nothing. Nothing. We even thought, come on, Lord, this this, ha- this can't be a mistake because it's Carson Drive. And we have a Carson that we're praying for. And he said, no, I want you to go. There are two churches on Carson Drive. I want you to go there and be obedient to me. So I did. I didn't know what I would have to do or what I would have to deal with. I met with the first guy. It was really a good conversation. Met with the second guy, and it was tough. Because the Lord gave me a word for him that was tough. Lord wanted me to share that word this morning because it is a declaration in his chamber for the churches, for the bride, that does not listen this was the word I gave him. And this was May 15th. The Lord is giving you a final warning. Make relationship with him and pursuit of that relationship paramount in your life instead of trying to build the trappings of the world around you. If you do not, he will dismantle the work of your hands seemingly overnight. I had never met this man. In fact, the Lord gave me that word before I met him because I was waiting in the sanctuary and he was in a meeting. So the whole time I'm thinking, Lord, get me out of here before I have to give him this word. (laughs) I would really rather email him. (laughs) And I think I told you the story that I actually, I said, okay, I've been waiting a half an hour, Lord, I should be able to leave now. And so I left. Got about a mile down the road and the Lord said, you're a coward. Yeah. Try having the Lord call you a coward. Tell me how it feels. I couldn't turn the truck around fast enough. And I thought, I will give you my yes because I promised to give you my yes. So I went back there and he, he never even knew I was gone. He was still in this In his office, I thought with just a couple of people until I walked in. There were seven or eight people in there. And I just said, I am so sorry, but I have a word for you from from the Lord. And I said, You you may not want to receive it right here, right now, because it's not good. And he said, No, let's go in the sanctuary. I gave him the word then the responsibility was on him. But do you understand that word is for the entire bride? And not just the bride in their local churches, but us individually. See, it's a mindset. It's a mindset of, do we want what the Lord really has for us, or do we want what we see is success? See, Lord told us after that, just recently, just last Sunday night, Jesus manifested and He he told a few of us, I want you to call Pincator Corporate Center. And He said, I'm paraphrasing, but He tried to, he, 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 as much as I could understand, He tried to explain this moving around. See, I know College Square is ultimately where we, are, we will be. I don't know, it could be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, have no idea. It could be six months from now, have no idea. Don't even really care. Morrow's Road, which is that other insanely huge building, 175,000 square feet, I know we'll be there. Now that one I think we're going to be in pretty soon. But I know he has another building before that. And that's the suddenlies that are upon us right now. He told us to look for a church that will hold up to 400. See, God has plans. Because we don't care. We don't care. He said that, that first church... The the one after the first two, the Marrow's Road and College Square, he said that first one was for the twelve, and this that was the little prayer group that we were we were at, and he took just that prayer group to that church. The second one he said was for ignition. If you remember, that was where the entire church went over there and prayed for it. He said the third one is for Newark. So I'm just expecting all of Newark to come. Right? I believe it. That's what He wants to do. See, don't put parameters on Him. Just have expectation of His love. Have expectation of His joy, of His peace, of what He wants to do in your lives. Have expectation. Do you have expectation that the Holy Spirit wants to fall? And and I don't mean for the moment. I mean, the promise that He has made to Ignition was greater than Acts chapter 2. Do you believe that? Do you have faith in that? Do you have expectation of that? By the way, not to make Ignition great. Who cares? Because Ignition is not our family. It just might be the ones that we're around and close to but we have family all over the world that we're to be fighting for. So when the Holy Spirit falls, it comes with great responsibility because it is for the purpose of that bride that He will fall. It's for the purpose of your puzzle piece being molded and shaped into the piece that it needs to be. So it fits perfectly in that mosaic. Now remember God told us from the very beginning, He would take care of things. He would do it in miraculous ways. You know, this past week I I met a new friend, Jim, sitting in the back there, Jim, wave your hand, Jim. There he is. What, what was originally supposed to be an hour meeting turned into a four hour meeting. Because it was two brothers that had just met for the first time, realizing they're brothers. Realizing that they have similar callings. See, but God has done that several times. I remember when he brought Hannah from Nashville. Huh? <laughs> it was Nashville, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Just had to make sure. When he brought Michael from North Carolina. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. By the way, Michael's not here. You're fired. He's online. Yes, he is online. Hi, Michael. By, by the way, I am so sorry for the on- online people. We got started so late, but, but... You can talk to the Holy Spirit about that one. Because <laughs> when the Holy Spirit wants to move, the Holy Spirit will move, and we will get started as online as soon as the... Well, you know. <laughs> but God is doing something extraordinary. In that four-hour meeting, he and I shared with each other. and And there was so much I didn't share with him because I was just enjoying too much what he was sharing with me. Because, see, God... Places, vision and callings and it 's not limited to right here in this living room and he 's bringing them together. You know he came all the way from Texas two years ago, I mean at least that was a flat state too. I mean God brought me from Colorado, so that's that 's his sense of humor. But two years ago, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if I remember correctly. Two years ago, the Lord told him, I need you to move out to the East Coast. And he'll show him where, which he did. He said, because there's a global revival that's going to start there. And I need you to be a part of it. Am I right on that? Did I get that right? I don't know about you. But that resonated with me. <laughs> because that's what God has been promising us all along. He has brought us people all the way from Africa. Although, Stephen, did you go to school here? You were in Ghana, right? China. China. Oh, well, even further. Do you speak Chinese? That is really cool. I, I pray for tongues someday. Because I don't want to take the time to learn it. I know. I declared that in his court. Did you hear that? Uh, sidebar, father. Sidebar. But understand what he's doing and be excited about this. You know, something I'm going to ask you to do and and... Shannon and Josh, I'm going to just apologize to you right up front. Because he literally just told me this during worship. Anyways. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, no, not quite like that. No, but I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to be here every Sunday and every Tuesday. I know, I know. I know, I'm sorry. See, I was going to be gone next Sunday too. And the Lord said, you're going to let a little sleep keep you away because we we're going to try and get back for Saturday night so the worship team would be here and we'd have everything we need to. But the Lord wants me here. But Peter not to Preach. Because you're still preaching. I hope that doesn't throw you that I'll sit in the front row. I've been hoping you would be able to be here for a long time. Good. But you know what? We need to be here as a family. Because in the almost three weeks that we have left on this fast, He wants to do things that we've been waiting for for years. He wants that breakthrough. And we need to be together. For him to do that. So I encourage you. Set aside whatever you have to set aside. Be here for it. And watch what he does. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We worship you. And God, this was totally different than what you told me last night. So I don't know if you'll... You just did that for my own anxiety. Or what, Lord, but, but I declare in your chamber that you are truth. I declare in your chamber that as for me and this house, we will serve your every word. We give you our yes and we ask your will to be done. Father Lana put out something this morning that said, be specific in your prayer. So, Father, I declare before your court and I ask that you give us a voice. For we will not manufacture a voice. In fact, I would be in fear of anything that I manufactured. We desire it to come from you. Because we trust you. And you promise that if we seek only you, and only your will, that you do everything. So this first building that we're supposed to be in... God, you know my heart. I don't, I don't really care. I have no preference. I just want your will. Because along with your will comes your blessing, your provision. I don't want to take on anything that you want to control yourself. So Father, we declare this in your court. We lay it down as evidence of our hearts and the unity of our hearts. For it is not just our desire that you do this with Ignition Church. You've told us from the beginning, Ignition isn't really just a church. It's more of a movement. So, Father, know our hearts. It's our desire that you do this in your entire bride. That you permeate your bride with your unfailing love. That you manifest that love through us. That as you have us reach out to other churches, Father, we do pray for open arms. I pray for this church, the first person that I talked to on Carson Drive. I didn't share this with everybody, but but Father, you have told us to pour into that church and, and literally go door to door and invite people to come to that church because you want to draw a line in the sand for them. Their hearts are for you, but is their willingness for you? Father, find us willing, open, and eager to fulfill your will. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Um, Jesus says, walk by faith. We're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. And I was thinking about sight, what that means. Um, sight is a reference to our walking in a way that we understand and that we know. And, you know, when in Mark 6, when Jesus came to Nazareth and recognized that a prophet is without honor in his own country, he couldn't do many miracles because of their unbelief. And, you know, I was thinking about when Greg was saying about the box that we're in, you know, the box that we put ourselves in are based on personal experience, things that we have seen. That's the site that we cling to. You know, each one of us have personal experience that shape and mold our personalities and that make us then respond in various ways to things that come into our lives. In, you know, in my life, you know, we, I've talked about my testimony coming from a, a, a Baptist, more of a, what I call legalistic environment. Things that we did in church. Uh, at my earliest introduction to church, uh, my name with the birth of my birth was in the bulletin. I mean, my parents were just in church forever. And it was a precious time. I was saved in that church. It, it, was a, it, was a, it was a wonderful, wonderful church. But that experience, the things that happened and didn't happen, colored my future of what I believed and didn't believe. Because I put a lot of my sight, my personal experience into what I saw in the future. And that's the danger of it. You know, um, Beth was bringing up from the ladies class this morning, how different we all are. We're very, very different. And that's a beautiful thing. um, because God can teach us a lot through different things, but each of us have our own box to get out of because of things that have impacted us in our experiences. And, you know, Greg mentioned, I think it was even Tuesday that, um, with, with whether it be worship or, or like Shannon prayed this morning, you know, don't, or said this morning before her prayer, you know, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Whatever it's going to take to let him out, let him out. And are we willing to cling to the personal experience of what we can see, our sight, more than letting God completely take over? You know, there are parts of my actual personality that are changing. Every time I say yes to God, my personality, I can't, I can no longer say, well, that's just not, I just don't do that. I mean, I just don't, I just don't go there. I don't, I don't express myself in that way. I think the greatest surrender God has asked me to do is let him be in charge of my personality Mm -hmm. and not tell him that, well, I just don't do things that way, God, because that's just not how I do things. It's, it's gotta be that crushing, not my will, not my personality, not my personal experience. Maybe, maybe I've never even seen it before. You know, those are the six scariest words in churches. We have never done this before. (laughs) Seriously. Or you can change the word done to seen. We have never seen this before. Therefore, let's box it in, shut it down. Because I'm not comfortable with that. Because that's not anything I've seen before. That's a dangerous place to be when you are simultaneously asking for the Holy Spirit to move. He's like a mighty rushing wind. He's like a, a a river that flows. And if you've ever tried to go against the stream of a of a fast flowing river, it, it's it's a difficult task. Did I just pop out? No, trying to begin. Anyway, um, but but I I want to um, I'm challenged in this myself. But in this fast, don't let yourself put parameters on yourself based on things that you've seen. You know. If God is called, in this calling, he's called us to a new thing. You know, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Yes. Okay, do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? Well, no, Lord, because it's never happened before. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. That's just not how I, I just, you know, that's just not. The reason we don't see miracles is because we don't believe for miracles. We don't believe for miracles because we've never seen miracles. Yeah. And it becomes this vicious cycle. And because we don't believe for them, we don't see them. but, because we don't see them, we don't believe them, and so therefore they don't happen. And it just you just start going in this this perpetual letting God just not work. Let's just do what we can see, what we can manufacture with our own hands. And uh, it's very very difficult, but it is my greatest desire uh, was to let God do. And I, um, you know, so I'm such a work in progress because there are when I ask God to take my walls down, He'll begin to chip away at things I didn't even know was a wall i didn 't even know it was there and um, and so we really it, is, it does have to be what Jesus prayed, which is God you know i, I don 't want the suffering, but but I want your will more than anything else that 's what the yes is. I want your will more than I want my dignity, more than I want my sensibilities, because if there 's if there's one thing that'll happen when the gifts of the spirit begin to take over you. Is that you kind of go a little bit outside of your normal personality, Um, and God is such a gentle teacher. He sometimes he'll blast people over, but he knows they're ready for it. Other people like me, he takes me in (laughs) slow stages, and uh, and each step of the way, I've had to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to just, I'll be willing to just be foolish, and I'll be willing to give you what I said I never wanted to give you. Why did I never wanted to give it to him? Because I wanted to stay in my box. I wanted to stay in my box. And the gifts of the Spirit were outside of my box. Even after he proved it to me in Scripture, which was of the utmost importance, <laughs> then I had to be willing to let him actually do what was in Scripture. You know, it's easy to read about what some of the Old Testament prophets went through. It's easy to read about, you know, all these things in the Word of God, like it's just some amazing storybook, and then plop it shut and set it aside. But when it starts happening to you, this real, live, active book starts happening to you, and it's all real because you can base it in scripture and you got to always make sure it's of God. But when you know that, you then have to be willing to let it actually happen to you. Yes. And so that's just something that um, uh, I just pray that everybody just let those walls come down. Because um, I think you said it at the very beginning. No, she prayed at the beginning that the only hindrance to the spirit moving is our willingness. Yes, It's just us. It's just yes. us. So jumping out of that box is no small task, but it is something that we we greatly desire. Um, I'm just going to give you a quick uh, quick announcement uh, that I want to mention for for next week. First of all, I want to invite all the women to continue to be part of the women's class, nine o'clock Sunday mornings, and um, we're in a series about uh, a development into a divine development into destiny. And it's really we're looking at the life of David right now, but we're going to look at several other things. And it's been a great time. We're going to have a great discussion um, as well as teaching. And that's at nine o'clock on Sunday mornings. But also, um, next Sunday night, as we know there are different